Section 18 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. Useful Snakes. In the backwoods of Theatmyo District, Burma, in 1886, I was next to the man who was guiding a party of policemen and villagers going, in single file, on the track of robbers in arms, who had been cattle lifting. Suddenly the guide in front held his hand behind his back as a signal to stop, and I passed on the signal. The guide began to move forward, on his toes, as noiselessly as a cat, towards something on the ground. His eyes were riveted upon it, twenty or thirty feet in front of him. To the rest of the party it was invisible. The only noise was the flick of a hand on a pony's neck, removing a horsefly, and even that was stopped, and all was hushed. We seemed to hold our breath, and, though the guide was moving as quick as man could move without a noise, he seemed to be creeping slowly, slowly. He lifted up his arms as he came near his object and then dived forward, so to speak, not losing his balance, but taking a great step and stooping, and recovering himself with equal speed. Then we saw his game. He had caught by the tail a long snake, five or six feet long, and was whirling it in the air. It was thrilling to see it writhing in vain resistance to the laws of matter and the tendency called centrifugal. Its wriggling ended after two or three thwacks of its head upon the ground, but, long after it was as limp as a whipcord, he went on twirling it and thwacking it. He reminded me of the Scottish motto, I make sicar, or I make sure. The legend is that when Bruce had stabbed a traitor at Dumfries and said to a henchman, I think I have killed him, the henchman answered, Think? I make sicar, and went and finished the killing. Our guide was as resolute as he to make sure. But after a while he held the limp thing at arm's length and let it dangle a second or two in front of him, undeniably dead. Then he flung it over his shoulder and walked on in silence. "'Any use?' I cried. "'Curry for us all,' he answered, looking backwards over his shoulder and seeming surprised at the question. In 1887, a few months later, being on the Pegu-Yoma Mountains between Tangu and Thayatmyo, still on the same kind of business, and leading a crowd of hungry men, I remembered this, and shot a python more than seven yards long and as thick as a man's thigh. We met each other accidentally, he and I. He had been dozing after dinner, and yawned in the finest old Piccadilly style. I sent an unmannerly bullet into his mouth, which killed him. For two days, at least, his flesh supplied the wherewithal to flavor the rice of more than forty men but I cannot tell the taste of it. I have eaten silkworms curried. They tasted like shrimps. But if the reader wishes to realize the savor of snakes, let him eat them himself. End of section 18